I'm here at Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Michael Lee. I'm with Ludoco, which is pretty much myself and an artist and a musician of mine, and uh, friends of mine. And uh, yeah, and what, what game did you do? Um, I'm currently working on Paranormal Puzzle Society, which is an uh, independent casual puzzle game. And, uh, you know, how did you get inspired to do a puzzle game? And talk about the development process. Well, I've always sort of been a fan of the casual games like, like the ones made by PopCap. Specifically the ones made by PopCap because they're not only sort of these typical casual genres, but they're incredibly polished and high quality, so they're incredibly addictive to play. And after... I, I, I've been developing on and off for over a year now. It's only recently that I got into like I should really go out and make, go out and make something. Like, well, it's a lot easier to make something that's sort of been done before and do a different twist on it than necessarily try to come up with the original idea the first time. So that's how I came up with this idea that eventually led into Paranormal Puzzle Society. And um, how did you prototype the mechanic? Or, or what is the game mechanic about? Well, it's sort of a match three game, but not quite because um, you're not you're matching either colors or shapes, and you can and it's not just you're matching them in a straight line. It's sort of you're drawing on the screen on a tile board, and any way you can connect them is a valid uh, combination as long as they share either the same color or the same shape. And this came about basically because. Um, I was inspired by some other uh, games, like um, Wordle is one of the games I'm thinking about on iPhone, and Wordle is sort of a Scrabble-esque game, and you're making words by connecting letters together, but you can connect them, you just draw on the screen to connect any con- any number of words to get letters together to form words. So in your game, you actually drag the mouse and draw lines and stuff? Correct. And so you can go up, down, diagonally, you can cross over each other. So it's not just a strict match three game. And, and did you test out the uh, gameplay mechanic as you were developing it since it's a little different than most? Uh, yeah, I did a lot of prototyping and initial user testing using friends and family, and everyone sort of, everyone sort of came back to me and said, this is sort of an interesting twist on it. And I thought, hey, this might be enough to start a game. And that's how I started doing that specifically. You had artists and... Um you know, you had an artist helping you. How did you develop the theme and the style for it, uh, since it seems like a different theme than most? Yeah, um, the artist I had, um, she's she's sort of a friend of mine, and she she's a professional designer and everything, so she has a very specific art mentality, and it's sort of the gothic, um, it's sort of a goth emo look, and so I wanted to do uh, not only a game that fit her art mentality, but I also wanted to do sort of a puzzle game that stood out from other people. And mo- you know, most puzzle games are the cheery, happy, here's these um, clear bubbles, that sort of thing. It's like, well, we do something that has a little more personality, a little more style to it, and that's how we got started. And what, what were some of the challenges you guys encountered as you developed the game? What were some of the surprises? And what platform did you choose? Um, well, we were doing the game on online using um, Flash, so you can just play it in your web browser. And the biggest development challenge is actually getting the game um, initially running and sort of a 
since I'm a programmer, I'm really big on creating a framework, and I went through a couple of iterations. It wasn't until um, um, Adam Saltzman released his Flixel framework engine for that uses Flash, and I used that base to build my game, and that was an enormous help, and that basically jump-started it to the product that you see now. And what's what's the Flixel engine exactly? Um, the Flixel engine is a really, really cool set. It's, it's basically a basic Flash engine, and Adam has used it in a couple of his games. Um, if you ever played Gravity Hook or Cannonball, these are games that use the Flixel engine. It just provides really um, it allows the allows you to draw pixel art really quickly on screen. It has basic ideas for like, oh, here's a wall, here's a game object, here's the player, and how you can control it. And it simplifies a lot of the initial development process for developers. And uh, were there any other surprises or learning experiences that you had while you were developing this game? Um, yeah, I could I could go into a ton because. The game's been on and off development for quite a while. Now. Yeah, how did you keep your, your team motivated while you're doing this? And, and were they just always on board, or what happened? Well, the honest answer is um, the team, no, we, I mean, we didn't say motivated the entire time. There's actually two separate instances where we both, all of us decided it'd be a good idea to take an extended break from it. So we had, um, we had a, a couple of times where we took a few months off and then we came back it's like, I know there's a good idea or there's something good here. Like The first time we just completely came back and it's like, we need to redo everything because nothing was working here. And then the second time we came back, it's like, we know the art's there and we know the music's there and we know the gameplay's sort of there, but how do we get all these elements together? And I think we finally have something that we're, everyone's fairly satisfied with. And we're hoping to iterate on that going forward and make it an even better game than it is right now. You released it a, a couple of weeks ago, so what is the monetization, or how are you going to make money off of it, and what's what's the goal? Well, right now, our initial plan is um, it's released only on our website right now, and that's because we wanted to get a small number of users. Of not, like I posted it on a couple of forums, especially dev-heavy and the game independent developer forum, and I'm hoping to get you know a little bit of feedback there to fine tuning, and then eventually we're hoping to go towards a model like um, fantastic contraption use, where we have we'll have an always free to play model, but as you if you pay a little money, you'll be able to register a user account, and that user account will have the ability to have like customized avatars, um, specific skills, ability to advance, customize other parts of the game, and then we're also planning to do an iPhone version. Doesn't that require a community then around your game? Yeah. And how are you going to develop that? I'll, that's actually a really good question, and that's why sort of why I'm here today because I wanted to get a lot of insight into sort of these more successful indie developers and see, okay, this is how you develop the community and this is the tactics and this is what you need to do. So moving forward, we're, ho we're looking at all those different lessons that we learned today and we're hoping to implement it and develop our own community around this game. So what ideas then are you probably going to try out to see if they work uh, based on what you listened to at this Indie Game Summit today? Well, there's the typical things like, um, you know, you want to you wanna have an active blog, you want to have forums, you want to have some sort of chat room. But there's also a number of interesting ideas, such as 
not only using Twitter as a way to evangelize your product, but also using Twitter as a way for players to talk about the awesome things they've done in your game. Sure. So, like, um, um, Cannonball, which is a very simple flash game, actually, every time you finish the game, you have the ability to you click a button, and it'll automatically go to Twitter and post in the Twitter message box, I did this awesome, awesome. and now you can try to beat me, and it throws in a link of your game. And users are actually um, Fantastic Contraptions, another example, which has that when you you know, when you save a level, you get a URL that you can then immediately send to friends, and then they can check out your level right then and there. And these sorts of tactics, I think, are really, really great ways to get people not only initially interested in the game, but help build that community, help people say, I'm playing your game, and not only am I playing your game, but I have ways to show off that I'm playing your game. And um, what about YouTube? Yeah, and all things like YouTube or Vimeo, are all, you know, not just gameplay videos, but videos of maybe development, like time lapse, time lapses, or videos of weird things going on in your game that may not be indicative of the gameplay itself, but are just cool to show off what all be great tactics in terms of building a community for this game or any other game, honestly. Aside from community, what, what else is in store for the future, for the next uh, few months of the game? Um, I honestly don't know right now. There could, I mean, other than continuing developing the game, we're trying to develop an iPhone version also. We're, we're always interested in seeing what, like, I, I can't even predict what could happen in the next few months. And so we try to stay relatively open and just have, you know, what our desires and what the fans want and anything else to dictate where we go from here. And what suggestions do you have for other indie game developers who want to uh, develop their own game? Well, basically, um, don't follow me. Um, just don't, don't spend too much time worrying over what you're doing. It's a lot more satisfying to get something out there and just see what other people think. And, you know, it's all right if people come out and it's like, this game is crap because it's like, oh, this that's good, because then what can I do to change? Like, I can improve this game, or it's like, oh, I learned my lessons, I can move on to a new game. But really the big hurdle is making a game, and once you've made a game, then everything becomes a lot easier. Where can listeners find out more about the game and play it? Um, just visit um, either um, ludoko.com, L-U-D-O-K-O.com, or go to paranormalpuzzlesociety.com. Thank you very much.